You're going to have tough leaders. You just have to know what are their shortcomings and learn how to work with them, help them to move up because that will move you up. Hi, I am Sophie Vaux and this is the Rise and Play podcast. In the show, I sit down with influential thought leaders of the gaming industry to deconstruct how they create the best team and company cultures in order to create the best games. Every episode brings actionable insight to improve your leadership, self-awareness, and emotional management skills. Because becoming a better leader starts with becoming a better human. So, are you ready to unlock your full potential in life and business? Let's begin. So, uh, welcome in my home, because today we try to have technical issues to record our regular podcast with Mishka, but uh, thankfully we are two podcasters, so we, ha we have backup solutions. So, here we are in my office space. Welcome. Um, yeah, Mishka, what do you feel about the setup today? Uh, this is, so first of all, we didn't have a technical problem. We had <laughs> Mishka problem, which is, I forgot, the, the microphone setup. Uh, that we normally use normally we've done it once that we that we used before and I forgot it so we went to Sophie's place and built the well not we you built the most ghetto setup you can find for a podcast <laughs> but it's fine nobody's watching and, and those couple of hundred people who are we're sorry uh, but but for those listening I think the sound quality is much better than the last time so that was a lot of the feedback so yeah thanks for having me in your home yeah for sure We wanted to continue this uh, podcast recording or video recording because we have a lot going on at Savage uh, Games and with a lot of things we are talking about with Mishka and we thought it would be maybe helpful also to share those, uh, you know, with the audience. So uh, one topic we wanted to focus on today is um, managing upwards, which is a whole thing by itself because we always think as leaders when we talk about management that we manage uh, you know reports we manage on the side we manage stakeholders so we are on top of a hill and we manage people who are reporting to us truth is and i learned this the hard way uh, which uh, i'll be able to share um, in further conversation that managing a board is as important as you know managing a team and uh, mishka i also learned actually also from you uh, since i started at savage because we do need to work We did to report to many people uh, here at Savage yeah. Games. We joined PlayStation Studio, uh, and how do we do this uh, in a clever way and as well, you know, a professional way? So, I'd like to start my first question: like, what has been your experience managing upwards? Has it have, have you always thought it was important from the beginning, or is it was it a journey for you to understand that it was a you know? A thing by itself. Yeah. So, of course, I'm going to answer this by not answering your question <laughs> because I'm, <laughs> I'm going to kind of like zoom out a little bit and talk about managing up and what it really means. Because in the sense, what managing up is, is managing a relationship with a person above you. And uh, you, I mean, I'm standing right next to your book, uh, mm -hmm. book, what is this, book shelter? Yes, book, yeah, bookshelf. Bookshelf. And it's filled with all kinds of books of, of learnings, of, of, of like stoicism and leadership. And I bet that you don't have a single book that would tell you how to be a great subordinate. And the reason being because there's not that many. And that really is the whole thing of managing up is like building the relationship by being um, a good subordinate, a good team player for that person. And first time when I was taught about managing up was actually in the army. And there, when we went through the officer school, the one thing that we were told multiple times over and over again is to be a good leader, you got to be a good follower. And, and this is kind of like the setup. 
So what was your original question? It's like, what what have I learned really at uh, the PlayStation? No, uh, my, actually you answered it by yeah. not trying to answer it. Yeah. So <laughs> we have like a way of communication. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because I was asking the origin of how how was your first time when you realized that managing upwards was important and you are actually have answered it where you've learned yeah. this uh, actually uh, military, right? Training. Yeah. So how old were you when that happened? 19. 19 okay. when, when went through the officer school. So did a one year in military. It's pretty typical in Finland. And then you did a different type of training. So I did actually the uh, the officer training, which was a little bit longer. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of leadership training in that. And, and people who have been in military or have military, uh, have, have people who they know that work in military. It's not like in the movies. You just don't tell people what to do. I mean, there's part of that, but most of it is communication. It's a huge organization with dire consequences. Mm. <laughs> so so, uh, so the communication is a really important part and, and managing up is is, uh, is an, an important element of it. And, and that's what I learned the first time, but, but really then you kind of forget, you go to the university and then you just manage your drinking. And <laughs> that is basically what you do for the next five years. But then you go back to the work life and, and that's where you start managing up because seldom you're, you're hired as a manager with, no, uh, with nobody above you. You always have somebody above you. So, so that's where building that relationship with your manager becomes really important. And as we move forward, I just wanted to point one thing is like, for some reason, there's a, there's this notion, which I find quite selfish in the sense that um, people perceive that, that the, the manager is always the wrong and they are always the right and they need to change the manager rather than changing mm. themselves, which is very, very selfish way of thinking. And I think we're going to dive deeper here in, in how you can succeed in your career no matter who your manager is. Yeah. Um, a few points of reflection here. Um, there are not so many books about uh, how to be a, a good subordinate. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a, already like a, a starting point of conversation. Like, why is that? It's like, it's not cool to be a subordinate. Like in no one story is like, no one wants to feel like a subordinate. The reason why we are maybe thriving to go in position of maybe more influence and power is just to not have to yeah. report to anybody. Oh, that's the false belief. So I think here there's a point of understanding where is the uh, like uh, myth or uh, misaligned reality about not having to be a subordinate somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, um, you are always a subordinate to someone that you have always yeah. someone to report to at the end of the day. Uh, before we get a bit further in detail, like how do we manage this? Uh, I want to challenge here. Uh, well, you know the, uh, the theory in mm -hmm. military training. How yeah. did that work out for you during your history, professional history? And what were the learnings you got from this? Uh, knowing how to manage a words well or not so well uh, the hard way. And what were, were the key learnings if you have like... Yeah, One or two on top of your Th there are many things about that I remember where I wasn't that good and those kind of like haunt me and, mm -hmm, and, and mm -hmm. push me to do better. And in that sense, like being um, being a leader in military so early on gave amazing like first time failures and many things that I've since then. Uh, focused on fixing. I'm by no means done. And by no means, by the way, we're not doing this podcast 
because I'm such ma- such an amazing <laughs> upward manager. So this is just theoretical and learnings from 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 what I've read and from what I've experienced as well. So so yeah, so so military taught me uh, not taught me. It gave me a lot of mistakes early on and I did way more mistakes than anybody else by the time that they hit the management position. So so that was important and if I have to take some of the elements that I always remember from there, so of course one is to be a good leader, you have to be a good follower. So that means like you need to support the people above you. Uh, and 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 the second one was, I mean, this is nothing new, but lead by example. Like those were really, really important in military. Like you always have to be, I was serving in infantry and, um, and you always have to be the first. Like you command people to move, you move. Uh, you want people to do something, you do that thing. Uh, and the third thing was time management. So in the officer schools, like it's always like they would ask you, how long does it take? And you would give a time and they would be with the time with you and they would watch you fail because you don't know how, how long things actually take. Mm-hmm. So it's like teaches you to set example, to manage up and, uh, and to manage time, meaning manage expectations. Mm-hmm. That's already a good structure to uh, what it means concretely mm-hmm. to manage uh, upwards, right? So uh let's get into the detail of like concretely what it means when everybody here yeah. somewhere has a boss right and uh most difficult case uh because that's uh easy to maybe talk about managing a boss when you are getting along with your boss and you have like aligned goals but by nature of how uh, an organization is met sometimes you will have conflict mm-hmm. you know of goals where you're yeah. pulling one direction and your boss is going in another direction although High-level goals, yeah. you're going towards the same direction. So let's let's start from this point where where you think uh, with your current goal as a as a team member, as a manager, where you should be going with your team or as a company, but your boss believes they should be going in another direction to hit the high-level goals, and this will affect your work, right? This is like a one one situation I see. Mm-hmm. Um, what 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 would you advise, for example, to approach this scenario when you have the misalignment on mm-hmm. the how, yeah. how to get there. So I think, so in order to, so the way, okay, I'm, I'm really bad at answering questions because I just redefine <laughs> the questions all the time. Uh, probably bad at managing up because of that. But, uh, but here you're, th- there's different types of managers and it's really important to understand what type of a manager you have. So the way you're describing the manager, like, okay, you have a manager who's kind of like going to a different direction and that is a problematic and that puts you in a difficult situation. So I would describe, and then there's a, there's a actually a book called uh, Managing Up maybe or something like that. Uh, but we're talking about a person that is very much um, a climber or advancer or how you put that, like a very, like a go-getter in, a, in, a, in an organization. And those type of people are very uh, solution-oriented. So how do you how do you work with that type of person? Well, you need to know that all they're interested in is that you have to be providing them with different solutions, um, and also because they are always focusing on advancement, they want to be that type of leader. They also want you to give many solutions so that they can pick one, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, and then so now you're talking about you're having a situation where that person is leading towards a certain way. So okay, your leader wants to go to a certain place, and you as you know, as a member of that team needs to figure out multiple ways probably to offer that leader to go there. We can go here, but it would mean, we can go this way, but it would mean this, this, and that, or we can go that way and it would mean this, this, and this. And then there's the third way that could actually mean this, this, and that. 
what do you think we should be going? Because you clearly, like you de- you describe a person who is an advancer, right? Mm, I think so. I didn't just have a language or structure yeah. to categorize. And I think it's good where you bring like the learnings or the theory mm-hmm. from the book to put structure, right? Yeah. So uh, yes, in that case, I would say an advancer where, yeah, you have a person uh, mm-hmm. who wants to advance with the goals that they yeah. were given. Uh, so I, I give a concrete um, here example where you know, you have a studio director and yeah. you are a senior product manager and you are convinced like the way to go is maybe a better way because you have all the information, mm-hmm. but your studio director is like, no, this is what we should be chasing and they're missing information. So they don't see that sometimes. Yeah. And then you, you're trying to convince and say, no, this is the way we have to go there despite your disagreement. So those situations happen quite often. When yeah. you are the specialist or the expert on the topic. Yeah, yeah, when, when you're trying to bring. I, I usually like I usually try to understand how how my manager thinks and operates. So that takes me the longest time is to mm. is to find that way. So that and that is for me to better support that. So there's the advancers who are who are, you know, very much thinking about their career ahead and the, the moves they need to make to succeed. We know all those, those people. They tend to be quite successful. That's why they are leaders in the companies and that's why they move up the, uh, the organization ladder. And these type of people, like, listen, they don't like complainers either. Like, mm. you go there, you say, hey, no, 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 too hard, too this. They're like, done, next one. I can't have people complaining. I'm going here. You need to give me solutions on how to get there. That's how you work with that type of person. And it's a, it's, you know, it's a different type of relationship. And then if you're talking about a person who's, um, there's like a introverted leaders as well. Mm-hmm. Those who don't share actually much. They're kind of like quiet on the kind of like making, thinking and so forth. So those are, those are quite difficult, difficult people to, uh, to go to, uh, to, to interact with. But then again, you're just understanding how that type of a leader works. So in, in that type of a situation, you have to be proactive because they are not coming to you. They're not the extroverted leaders that are walking around being mm-hmm. friends of everybody, want everybody to think out loud. Hey, let's let's talk about it. They're on the contrary. They don't want to say anything. They're very stoic, very much mm-hmm. listening. So in those type of situations, if that's again, you feel that we're going towards different direction and that person is only in their own head, be proactive, but don't be chatty. They're not chatty. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be chatty either. Mm-hmm. Very proactive, very down to, to the details. Here it is. Uh, I want to give you this information. And I know that, you know, that person will go back and think about it and, and change their mind. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned advancer, introvert. Yeah, extrovert. Is the, extrovert, so extrovert, extrovert, like the chatty. Yeah. Are there other types that are categorized? Well, well with, the, with, the, like, um, with extroverts. <laughs> <laughs> so extroverts, you, I might be an extrovert leader. <laughs> so, so chatty cats. <laughs> like to talk they like uh, subordinates who listen and nod a lot <laughs> they like well noted <laughs> yeah <laughs> they like people who think out loud because they think out loud and they feel that it and mm. that it's better so so if you're an, if you're the type of person who's, who's you know who's reserved or don't want to speak up or or is stressed about things being talked about that are not finished then then you have to change your mindset because that's the way the the leader goes and and I believe in that way and I think that's the most constructive way instead of trying to change your manager try to change your approach understand how they like to work mm-hmm. and walk walk you know work with them that's how sports team works as well like mm. you don't come in and say like the, the you know your coach wants to play this type of playbook you're like no 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 I don't do that that's not my playbook guess what you're not on the team then yeah so to summarize and it's interesting as well but thanks for uh 
I was about to ask, but you answered, mm -hmm. which type of, uh, you know, <laughs> leader yeah. you would be. And I think I'm definitely more an advancer yeah. for also the limitation and where I, it, I have found difficult for me and for the report to mm -hmm. work in a certain way, like yeah. this complaining attitude uh, or like a bit helpless, mm -hmm. which is not bad, but, uh, you know, it's maybe not the right angle yeah. to have a conversation for um, what, are, what do you care about as, as a leader? So... Um, but do you know that people think that you are not an advancer? That would say the perception of you yes, um, would be that you are more of a, of a harmonizer type of a leader mm. that wants no like no chaos, no no interpersonal drama. Um, everybody is liking everybody. The, kind of setting up this type of a, like a utopian. It's more important that everybody is happy and well than we hit their target. That's a, you have those type of leaders as well. Culture yeah. above everything. It's this mm -hmm. is it's most important, and good things will will breed out of this type of setting. Not sending in condescending way, uh, but but that there are those type of leaders. And again, with those type of leaders, then you know that you don't go to a harmonizer type of leader to ask them or <laughs> to to sort people problems. They don't want that. Mm. That no 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 no. I don't want any people problems. You talk with yourselves and like let's let's all let's all be happy and, and all all good here. So, so um, is that yeah. the fourth category as well, harmonizer? It, it is uh, those those type of leaders. Of course, not one leader is is only strongly that type. But I know very very you know successful big time CEOs who who are harmonizers, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you wouldn't think about them by outward perspective, but they are for them the culture, the outward image of the company. Uh, what is being said are really important and they do not want to deal with drama. Mm. Like, no drama. And you know that you don't go to that person to talk about drama. Mm. Yeah, that's a fair point. I think here anyway, this comes from... Uh, it's a lens to mm. look at it with a different personality types, right? Because harmonizer is you know, yeah. a different type of uh, personality. But I'm going to ask you one thing, so sorry for cutting off, but you've probably worked with micromanagers. Mm -hmm. That's another. That's the most typical one that people talk about. He's a micromanager. <laughs> so how would you work with a micromanager, boss? Uh, I have to remember how far ago because it hasn't happened recently. Mm -hmm. um, this is a. I don't know how I would. Uh... So let's let's approach from this. Why are they micromanagers? Well, I, I would look at it with um, trying to have empathy. I think like yeah. those conversations where we are having a lot of empathy for our reports or people we work with, uh, we are not applying the same level of empathy for manager reports. I think here that's the whole point, right? We yeah. try to understand. So I trying to be in the shoes of a micromanager. I would see uh, someone who's uh, really stressed, like high goals, mm -hmm. high ambition. Uh, stretch goals, you know, and uh, not feeling in control, and it's, it's important for them to feel yeah. in control. Uh, so being informed about everything that is happening, mm -hmm. so to have security that the goals are happening. Yes. It could also reveal that there's a lack of trust either in uh, me as yeah. the report or a Correct. lack of trust in general in others, which is <laughs> not fear of failure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there of course you behind control. Mm -hmm. There's uh, fear and fear of many things, yes. right? Fear of being judged. Fear of failure, like around that. Absolutely correct. How would you work with that manager? Those are all correct points. Um, How would you build trust? 
Well, if if it's important to have guarantee that things will go all right, which is never a guarantee, mm -hmm. of course. Um, and also, um, uh, yeah, this image to keep, be kept uh, intact. I would focus the first part on informing, so giving all the information because that gives us control. You are aware about everything. Yeah. Something else I have learned as well through now that I can remember the, uh, dealing with people who are, I, I don't want to call them micromanager because it's not a choice, mm -hmm. but uh, we need control. Uh, I could be uh, reassuring, you know, sometimes actually this is where you can manage up words. Like I, I, I'm confident we can reach this goal. I don't know if we will. Yeah. I'm not promising something, yeah. but I feel confident that I can deliver on this like really ambitious goal. I think I think we can do it, and then we get the energy you have from you to have this confidence, like everything is going to be all right because I trust this person. Yeah. <laughs> and they seem to know what they're doing. Yeah, so you're absolutely right uh, with with what worries them. And you said the most important part is communication, and mm -hmm. that is really how you build trust with a micromanager because they're they're afraid of failure. And that's why they have to look at every every point what's happening and if you over communicate like this is what i did today daily reports all of that what will happen is you'll build trust really quickly and and that person will not need those those type of words they know okay sophie's on the ball like she's i know exactly what she's doing i'm constantly on the ball like she's she's informing me with everything uh, i trust her and and that's that's really how you build. It's actually one of the easiest way to work with a micromanager. Like that's that's the easiest boss to work with almost. Mm -hmm. So um so when people complain about micromanager, I'm like, wow, that's 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 peanuts. That's like level one of like challenging managers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh but the most difficult one would be probably a narcissist. Well, that's a hard one to spot as well. Yeah. How do you spot a narcissist? Uh, whether I have worked with one or not, I'm not going to talk about that. But uh, a narcissist is impossible to spot because the narcissist is the type of manager that when you interview them, you'll be like, I want to work with this person. Amazing. Like, I would give my right hand. I would learn so much from this person. Their experience is so strong and, and everything about, the, about them is so great. But what you will notice really quickly with the narcissist managers is that they are on a never-ending power trip mm. <laughs> and um and what happens with with these type of managers is you have to you have to basically crest their ego all the time you can't conflict with them directly you have to be very careful in how do you present these different um different facts or different things about the organization and now everybody thinking like oh my god i would never work with a narcissist do you mean like steve jobs Mm. Or, or I'm not saying he was a narcissist, but I read the book. Mm. Sounds like it. Elon Musk, maybe. <laughs> and, and so that's where it comes in. It's like, yes, they are narcissist leaders and we consider that the worst thing. But if you work with a narcissist well, that could be a pretty much a jet engine you're tied to. So they can go pretty far. Mm. Uh, and, and sadly, these type of people actually move probably the best through the organizations. Mm. They're so great at selling what they do and they're and they're you know and they can bring quite of a strong team just with their charisma hmm. interesting yeah it's uh and i'm not uh, saying anybody here to just like work with 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 people <laughs> with personality disorders but uh, but there's a payoff yeah, like if you're yeah, ready yeah. to do that payoff it can be extremely valuable i think like let's uh switch here about payoff exactly mm -hmm. because 
while we are providing here like some structure, so we did mention different categories. So, you know, we are as leaders, we always use empathy to understand who we're talking to. So mm-hmm. applying this to our own managers and no one's wrong in the category. Mm-hmm. It's different style, sometimes different context. Um, then also like some tools we talked about, like communication, um, like how to deal, like, yeah, how to mirror basically. Yeah. I, I think it's more mirroring as well in the behavior. There's one thing that is blocking most of this because again, the very great, uh, I can speak for myself and maybe you've been there in that place when I don't always respect my manager or mm. I thought I didn't respect, I didn't want to do any effort to adapt. And you know, it's like, oh, I know how to get there. I just don't want to. And I think this is here the part you've been uh, yourself there as well, where I'm going to quit this company because yeah. I just can't work with uh, this person or this is not understanding. And I actually endured it. Uh, like I learned it a few years ago where I learned to change my mindset, uh, having a bit more empathy and understanding that I could stay in the company. Yeah. Uh, do you, can you relate to that? Uh, how, how do you overcome that? You know, it's it. It's an ego thing as well, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a, I've made this mistake multiple times of of not understanding. So I'm I'm learning as I as I go. It's just like that's what I mean. Is like when I say it's a selfish way of thinking of of um, see your category is 100. <laughs> so it's a it's a selfish way of thinking that that you are on the right and everything needs to be perfect for you. If you constantly quit a job because you had a bad manager, which is the most common reason to quit. I don't think you're going to move too far. Uh, even even if you start your own company, you're going to have investors. You're going to have board members. They are essentially your managers. Are they going to be perfect? Probably not. Mm. Probably you'll have uh, <laughs> absent managers, which is mm. quite typical of a, of a form as well. And you have incompetent managers, which are also two classes that we haven't talked about. But, but um, yeah, just understanding the payoff, super important. Yeah, super, super important. And it's not just about the payoff, because I think you um, for for myself, like as I uh, grew to a more like senior management position, when you find yourself in the shoes and then uh, it's quite a lonely place, you know, the higher you go, it feels lonely. And so high expectation on you and you are relying on a team and you not you don't always have confidence, right? So there's a lot going on and actually what you need is support from your team and it's uh, stressful when you have to achieve uh, like sometimes like ambitious goals mm-hmm. and you have a team or some people were not really supporting you against you and it creates uh, even more stress so something I have learned being myself in those shoes having empathy exactly for leaders where like you said no one's perfect and uh, it's never about the person or who they are it's a context right they have goals it's a whole system so again, it's not putting people in boxes forever, yeah. but they are there in a certain way for a certain reason. And when you start to have this empathy, it's it's it reduces the feeling of like um, effort for the payoff, right? So it's like you want to work well with your manager to achieve yeah. also your your own goals, personal, professional, but uh, company goals. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a very good point. The uh, the, the I mean, you brought in empathy multiple times. It's um. Here's here's the uh, the mistake that I see a lot of a lot of like we'll, t- we'll talk about game people so a lot of game leaders make uh, I made this the same thing is that uh, they lead through us versus them it's the easiest way to lead mm. it's like our mm. little game team against the big bad corporation where we're working mm-hmm. and what happens is that they're just isolating themselves that's the worst 
upward management you can find. So you isolate yourself, you become this island, uh, this rebel group, and it might sound really cool in the beginning as you rebel against the rest of the support organization and, uh, and compete against other teams. But the moment you trip, the moment something doesn't go your way, and the uh, the sort of a, the, the the early velocity starts slowing down from the prototyping phases and so forth, um, you're not going to get much help, and you're setting yourself up to failure unless you execute perfectly. And of course, a young leader will say, "Naturally, I'm going to execute perfectly because everybody around me is an idiot, and this organization sucks, uh, <laughs> or, or whatever, <laughs> and because our team is the best team." You know, all these things I've said it to myself. Uh, but but that's that's just an example of, of really bad upward management and then just kind of like a junior mentality and then going back and like sitting on the other side of the table now being being the, the manager mm-hmm. uh, you get pretty thick skin so uh, I can honestly say that that uh, there's tremendous amount of I don't give a fuck in me uh, which is just healthy way of, of approaching I don't need to please everybody I don't need to be paraded uh, thanked would be fun sometimes but not, not, you know not necessary uh, I know what I'm doing hopefully and and I'm you know I'm paying it with my job so so that that kind of builds the thick skin that allows you to also to make the decisions that are sometimes hard decisions um, uh, but but just like this approach of, of of thinking that when you're a good leader you're beloved no that's mm-hmm. not how leadership works we have many leaders who were not liked mm. and they did the right things. And we have a lot of leaders who are liked for a moment because they seemingly do the right thing to the people, but in long term, their decisions are destructive. Yeah. Right, so any, at the end of the day, it's always about thinking the long term game and people are, of yeah. course, a part of it, but it's not peop- for people only, right? It, every, it, it's a business with yeah. financial nature, right? So it needs yeah, to, yeah. to keep running. Yeah, and I, I just want people to understand that there's an opportunity with all kinds of leaders. There's not like, oh, I have a bad leader that's yes. why I'm leaving. There's, and there's opportunities to fail tremendously under different leaders. Like there's, there's leaders, I'm not sure if you've ever worked with or know, who are quite absent. You know, they're all over the place. They're never at the office. Um, uh, probably not that typical in, in game development, but in other type of organizations mm-hmm. for sure. And in those type of situation, if you're expecting that leader to kind of mentor you, help you, you're, you're not going to get it. But you can fail tremendously by mimicking that sort of a behavior mm-hmm. where you're also going to cruise. You're not going to do much. And even though that leader might not punish you for it, your coworkers will know you as a lazy bastard because you mimicked the wrong leader. Mm-hmm. And, that's a, and that's, a, that's a problematic thing. So sometimes when you have like an absentee leader or if you have an incompetent leader, those are both really great situations to be in because that allows you to rise up in the organization. With the absentee, the person's not here. She's not here. Yeah. She's never here. Great. Now I can start running things and I can just tell her like how things are going. Everybody will love it. You take the leadership position. Same thing if you have an incompetent leader. Uh, he or she doesn't know what they're doing. Just wrong decision after wrong decision, decisiveness. Start helping. Start start coaching really upwards. coaching. Yeah, start moving. Start helping with, with making the right decisions. And guess what? You'll be the trusted person and you'll be like, but why do I want to rise up under incompetent? Well, think about it in a r- larger setup. Why is this incompetent person leading? Probably because they have great connections. What's going to happen when, when you become their right-hand person? You're going to mm-hmm. tap into those same connections. So it's a... 
So in a many way, like I'm not trying to be a Machiavellian here of like selling upwards, but but we're talking about your career and how you can see succeed in different type of positions. They're not always where you where you come into an organization and it's this magical game company that you always wanted to work and they sit you on 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 the table and give you all the resources and going to coach you to become the best game maker you've ever been and everybody has will be nice to you and you will ship the best possible games. Sorry, never is going to happen. You're going to have tough leaders. You just have to know what are their shortcomings and learn how to work with them, help them to move up because that will move you up. Mm. So uh, we really like when like the whole 360 on yeah. the topic uh, and uh, let's wrap up uh, as well on the theme. Is there something we haven't talked about that we should have uh, talked about? Plenty, but that's going to be in the future podcast episodes. <laughs> uh, so let me summarize the points as well as a test yeah. for myself of how much I yeah. took away from your own learning. So um, I would say main takeaway is like, uh, don't feel stopped or um, blocked by your uh, the boss you're working with right now. Uh, like it's not something you can change and feeling helpless and leave the company because there's a, it's a wasted opportunity, I would say the main message here. And how to work with it is... Um, As you grow in your own skills, leadership skills to, again, use empathy, mm -hmm. trying to understand who's your audience, try to understand who's the audience of your own boss, right? So what is important for them, uh, like in those archetypes that we talked mm -hmm. about, four types, so introvert, extrovert, like mm -hmm. I can think of, advancer and narcissist. Yeah. Less desired for the last one, but uh, for others, you know, like helping them, because at the end of the day, human to human, We're trying to help each other achieve goals, right? We are here with our own mission. No one is, um, you know, intentionally evil. Like your Some boss, people are. Yes, but here, <laughs> let, let's work with... Uh, of well, course, if somebody well, really abuses you, yeah. you should just walk out. Then you need to quit. Like, yeah, yes. we're not saying, like, you always have to be there. Yeah. There are situations where you need to quit, especially if you're being associated with something that is really, really bad, mm. and you don't want that to tarnish your, your name, quit. Mm. But, yeah, yes. but those are rare situations yeah so here we're talking about like where it's not a perfect match and it will it won't always be because that's kind of how it is mm -hmm. uh, but uh, finding the tools for yourself and the structure to approach it uh, um, how to work the mm -hmm. best as a collaborator with your manager yeah yes and then and, and just final note when i understood the uh the, the shortcomings of my managers That's where I had the biggest gains in my career. That's where I was really able to rise up in my position and actually work the way I wanted to by just understanding my manager. So, so seize the the uh, the opportunity of your manager's forthcoming. Don't walk away from it. Like that's the stupidest thing you could do. Hmm. All right. Uh, have I missed anything in no, our earnings? No. I think the rant is over. Uh, your cat wants me out. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> And welcome to my office. Next time will be a different setup. <laughs> thanks, Mishka. Thank you, Sophie. Thanks for listening to this latest episode of the Rise and Play podcast. I am trying to grow a community of conscious leaders across the industry and beyond. So if you want to join this movement, please share the podcast with other conscious leaders because we have so much more we can learn from each other. Also, please don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss out on future content. Every episode is packed with actionable insights that will help you improve your leadership skills now. And if you are interested in learning more on the topics that we discussed today, you can find more insights on riseandplay.io and there you will also find my free masterclass on conscious leadership. So have a great week and until the next time, 